And welcome back. I'm Mike with the Turntable Teachers, and class is officially back in session here with another guest speaker episode at AOA Studios. If you're an artist or creative, head to our website, www.aoastudios.org, and check out our space. It's brand new. We're right on the North Shore of Massachusetts uh, in the Cumming Center. Very convenient, and uh, we have plenty of services for any artists and creatives, so make sure you come check us out. And I am joined by a very special guest today, somebody that kind of was on a while back, but like not an official guest speaker episode, so we had to make sure we did it. And this is the one and only Tyler Donovan. Welcome Thanks, to man. the show, Thanks man. Thanks for having me, man. I mean, it's long overdue to do it in person. <laughs> yeah, it feels, yeah. Like we were talking about earlier, it feels so organic to just be doing it in person way better. You know, oh, need to thousand save percent. It, save it to do it for the right moment in person and just kind of catch a wave that way. So, yeah. happy to be here. Thanks no, for excited. having me, man. No, Space excited is amazing, by the way. AOAstudios.com. But <laughs> <laughs> .org, but it's okay. Someone else has .com. I don't know, but yeah. either we'll, way. We'll hit GoDaddy up about that. We'll get that, we'll get that cleared. We'll get that cleared. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, dude, like I said, it's so great to have you. And um, you know, you're doing some awesome things in the music industry. Obviously, you are uh, you're originally a graphic designer, but you own an uh, indie label called Atherlace, which we'll get into. You're a music manager, so you do a lot of a lot of great things, a lot of marketing um, for many uh, fantastic indie artists. You've had a good experience doing a lot of things, so I want to get into all of it. Um, but of course, first we're going to start as you know our returning uh, listeners know. We start with the objective. We get to know mm-hmm. you a little bit. Absolutely. Get to know your background. Um, so I first want to start with a story that, uh, I was recently told about you and I want to, I want to maybe just oh boy. take you back <laughs> okay. sorry, to this moment and right. talk to me a little bit about like if, cause if how pivotal maybe this moment was for you and if anything clicked, cause mm-hmm. I know that back when you were at UMass Amherst, you first met the China blue. That was like, uh, mm-hmm. you guys met at a party. You were playing some computer baseball game, and he was playing some of his um, some of his like very early songs. Yep. And you guys were vibing to his music, and that's how you guys clicked. And yep. from there, you know, he was one of the first artists you really came up with as a manager and as a you know an no indie doubt. label artist, or, excuse me, indie label uh, owner. So I'm just kind of curious for you, like if we you can kind of take me back to that moment, like what clicked for you there, and saying like, all right, maybe this is a, a path I could potentially pursue, or was it maybe like a little bit after that where it didn't click that night, but maybe. Um, it, that was that. Got, that kind of seems like the fostered start of it, it in a sense. No, it was. It was. It was such a unique story and funny story. Like obviously, like you know, like I said, and for the people listening who don't know, like originally a designer worked on a ton of like album rollouts for like local artists and then as I got years and years and years of experience doing it was working with bigger artists like label artists on the design side of thing the design side of things and like I wanted to be a creative director for the longest time and then like I was in college at UMass and like I was kind of like oh like. I had never really been in the indie alternative scene of music. Didn't really know what it was. It also wasn't as mainstream as it is now. Sure, like, sure. And uh, I was kind of just like, wow. Like, and anytime somebody comes to you and they're like, oh, like I make music, like primarily for people like us, like we're not like, oh, he's a SoundCloud rapper, but other people, normal consumers are like, oh, he 
SoundCloud rapper. You sure, know that, I mean? that's, that's like the yeah. that's the stigma that's that the people stigma around yeah, it still, yeah. Yeah. whether so, it's fair or not. Yeah, so and that's genuinely the place I was coming from because I, like I said, didn't even know. I didn't even know who like the 1975 was. I didn't even know like there's a whole new world to me. And uh, he, my college roommate, this kid Jake Wilkinson, shout out Jake, <laughs> um, was like worked at this deli shop with the China Blue with Seth, and like <laughs> he was like, yeah, like my friend makes music, and he like threw on alone was like the first like it's no longer on streaming platforms which is like crazy because it's a great song but like he threw it on and i'm like this was the first i've ever heard of an artist like in mass doing like pop ish music that and I bedroom was, like, pop style and it was, was yeah into, and yeah. it was unbelievable and i was like this is incredible like the music video is directed um by mason pimentel who's done mm -hmm. a bunch of his work before a fantastic videographer and like i was just like kind of just obsessed and addicted to this whole world of music that I had no idea existed. I'm one of those guys who's like, when I find something and I'm kind of like, not like early on it, but like, it's new to me, dude. It's like, I'm diving head first <laughs> yeah. and I want to know everything about it. And that's what happened. And like, long story short, that how I really got to be his manager is like one night I was visiting him in Providence, Rhode Island, because he lived in Providence. And like, I took him to get jewel pods at like 3 a.m. to his apartment. <laughs> I had went to his apartment to just talk strategy like we were just like I, we weren't even working together he was just like yo you should come over kick it and then we ended up talking strategy of like just like marketing and stuff like that for like eight hours like eight hours crazy and then I like 3 a.m I'm like buddy I gotta go like I got 8 a.m English 101 like you know what I mean I gotta go <laughs> home dude like and he's like all right can you just drive me to the gas station and get jewel paws because he didn't have a car because like um he just like didn't have a car at the time and then uh I'm dry I like he picks up the jewel paws gets back in the car and he's like Hey, like, I know this might be a random question, but would you want to manage me? And I was like, <laughs> what? Like, and then like, I was like, yeah, bro, give me a little bit to think about it. Cause like I said, I never really dived into the management side of things. And also like, that's a lot to take on because you don't want to like be hindering somebody's career in that way. If oh you don't no, no way. And, yeah. hundred um, percent. I think that was kind of like the pivotal turn of like where it all started and kind of just like, yeah. I'm going to go head first into this. And I became kind of like a sicko. Like I'd stay up till four five, six eight in the morning, like watching interviews, like knowledge of the yeah. game, like Charlemagne or like, you know what I mean? Watching interviews with like Joe bought an interview and like black and his story and his come up and just like the maneuvering the industry and the label route and figuring out like, just different ways to make things pop. So that was kind of the story. Yeah, yeah it's such awesome. a unique story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, even giving it more context about like the, so the, the 3 a.m. Jewel Park yeah, run. Just, like... just so, so Massachusetts, like the 3 a.m. <laughs> Jewel Pods, dude. Like, <laughs> I love it. I love it. But I mean, I think what what you're highlighting though is just like, you know, taking an opportunity and kind of running with it. And I think that's a really awesome message to anybody listening to this. It's just like, regardless of what you, you, you want to do in your life, like sometimes you can plan things out and it's great, but sometimes things just kind of fall in your lap and it's up to you to decide whether or not you're going to like really go all in on it or just kind of let that opportunity fall by the wayside. So for you, it's like, you know, God forbid if you didn't, you know, go head first into that, maybe you don't, you know, we're not where you're at now and all the success that, you know, Athelace has had and like the artists that you're working with and, you know, really the moves you're making now. So like everything's sort of that domino effect of just like, you know, that, that first moment realizing like, okay, cause I, I, I can relate to your story a lot in the sense of like, I think we have very different like paths of being music managers as mm -hmm. people know, like, or maybe don't know, like I manage a couple artists myself now, uh, Zafir and Mako, shout out to them. Very and, talented, um, very talented. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I, yeah, I, no, and, and I will say too, it's like, when you're first, that was my initial thought as well with, I had conversations with mm -hmm. them where it's like, you know, and, and granted I had been in the you know music industry mm -hmm. for probably three or four years before they had asked me, but it was, yeah. ne but it was never something that I ever thought I would do either in a lot of ways. Yeah. And it's something I didn't think I knew much about. And I said that to them, I was just like, you know, listen, like maybe this is not 
you know, this is going to be a learning curve for me. Mm-hmm. And, but you know, they, they had the faith in me to, you know, figure it out. And I feel like, you know, I mean, I'm still learning and we talked about that a little bit off air, you're, just like, yeah. it's, you're still kind of just, you know, you're winging it, dude. Everybody yeah. in this industry is winging it to something. <laughs> like I, I tell people all the time, like, and I know we talked a little bit. Cause, the, cause air, the landscape's right? constantly changing. So, they, the, so it's, it's hard to not wing it. Evolving. Yeah. There's always a new platform that you can push something on sure. or a new guy that's coming up on the scene that has a different story that's connected to him, him and him and has co-signs by X, Y, and Z. And like, I think a big thing too, in this industry is like a lot of people get hung up on like other industries of like you have to have a formal background in it you have to have like a degree in what you want to do and dude nah, all the people i know curating waves in this in this space in this industry that are young and kind of like under the age of 35 most of them have no formal background in music like maybe like got just like excited about music like perfect perfect example kcg um have you ever heard of casey's playlists i have kcg's yeah, yeah. like a, like she's the go she actually believed it or not like I didn't even know this, but when I brought in my new business partner, Dom, like they had dated in high school. Oh, no way. I didn't even know. They're from like the same area in Chicago, like suburban area. Oh, shit. And um, yeah, a little inside scoop there. But <laughs> but no, so now she's a and she was She was at Atlantic for a little, then she was yeah. at Columbia for a little, and then COVID hit, and she was like debating whether or not she wanted to go back to Atlantic. And she ended up taking an A&R gig at this network music group who's like really kind of on the come up. They've got good funding and stuff like Abby Sage. They've got a few really, really popping artists right now. Young Friend, I don't know if you're familiar with. Yeah, like, that name sounds familiar. He's got like a, a viral song that you definitely probably have heard of. You might not know the artist's name, but um, she even she was like, we were talking about the other day, like on a call, we were just like, we're, the people that are curating these waves of like every like artist popping or like label wants them to be an NR are people who just like don't really have a formal background in music. They yeah. just like dove head first into it and figured it out. You know what I mean? And I, like I said, I obviously we talked off air about this. Like I believe in the universe a lot of like sure. the best things to happen to you are going to be things like that you least expect or like, you know what I mean? It's like making the best out of situations and, and there's a, a ton of stuff being in the industry, bro, that takes up your time. And it's like, oh, yeah. Up. So yeah. it's like, you really got to be committed to it. And like, I was for a really like long time, like for a while, I literally wouldn't go out. And like, if you knew me before, dude, like I was like, <laughs> I love the party. I love to have a good time and, and go out with my friends. And like, when I found this whole world, like I said, I was, I was so immersed in it that like, I was like, I don't want to do anything. All I want to do is like, learn more about this, figure out yeah. a way to make this work. So, but that, but that, that means obsession. there was a passion. Oh yeah. You got to have that obsession yeah. to, to take it to the degree that you want to take it for sure. Yeah. hundred like, yeah. percent. Um, this is actually a good segue. I'm curious for you, like what's your background in music? Like I know obviously you're not like, we're again, we're very similar. Like I'm not super musically inclined. Mm-hmm. Something I, I do want to dive into now having the space and having some time as a teacher, like I have that those summers off. It's something I'm definitely interested in, in, in looking at, like just to not, not putting the pressure on myself to yeah. do it, but just like, see if I can potentially like really now that I have the infrastructure here, like to try it. So I'm curious for you though, like what really was your background in music? Like growing up, like, what'd you listen to? Like, were you a huge music fan? Maybe not so much. Like, like where where were you at like uh like early on early on believe it or not like i grew up obviously north shore mass yep. i was like a, an athlete all throughout my years like had no kind of like i said formal understanding of even what music was like so i was listening to like at the time whatever was hot at the party like the drake and like whatever was mainstream popping and then it wasn't until like my junior senior year of high school who another worker like with athrolysis kid lou vidal shout out lou like one of the most intelligent people I've ever met in my life. Just like in like, no, like nobody even really realizes he's very under the rat, like very behind the scenes, kind of like super intelligent dude. Like he predicted like Fabio Foreign's like, like blow up. Like three, oh, he really? showed me Fabio Foreign under, uh, this is a true story. We were in the car in like Boston Street and Lynn at like McDonald's at like 3 a.m. He showed me Fabio Foreign on a Dropbox file and was like, this guy in three years is going to have a song with Drake. And I was like, 
I'm not that I was like doubting Fabio form, but I was like, bro, that's a wild accusation of making <laughs> at 3 a.m. at McDonald's. Like, that's a crazy. Two years later, he was on Darkland demo tapes, and I was like, oh, bro, like that's when I knew I was like, this kid's really intelligent. He just gets music, something about him, like. And so he taught me how to, where we're kind of like segueing into this is like, he taught me how to listen to music. And I say, the way that I say that is like, I truly believe that like, there's a certain way for every other person that everybody digests music differently. Right. So for me, like I was just listening to whatever got me going and whatever kind of like pumped me up. But it wasn't until I met him and he taught me how to listen to music where like, there was like, you know, meanings behind songs and I'd be reading lyrics and connecting stories and, and, and stuff like that, that like. I really dove deep into the music scene of just like understanding, like not just getting to know the artist, but getting to know them as a person. You know what yeah. I mean? It was like big for me. Yeah. It was like, I got to be, I mean, that's how I work now. If I don't get along with you as a person, I can't work with you just cause I'm so sold on like the humanity part of music of like, dude, we're all like kids, like literally pursuing the same dream at such a unique time in the world and the space right now that it's like, why would I not want to like, you know, be on the humanity side of things of like, wow, dude, like, this is crazy. Like, those out-of-body experiences you have, like, like the Big Night Live show with Mako. I bet it was such an out-of-body experience for it, you to be there when you won that <laughs> award. And you're like, you like, you take a step back and you're like, this is a crazy moment. Like, I can't, you know what I mean? Like, those out-of-body, like, human experiences is like yeah. what I live for, so. It's so funny yeah. you say that, too, because in that moment, to, to give a little context on that, where, yeah, Mako obviously won, uh, you know, Singer-Songwriter of the Year for the 22 B, uh, 2022 BMAs, which we're yeah. so excited so about. Awesome. But, you know, when he got the two uh, nominees and he got, one for best music video mm-hmm. um i don't know if we like like uh, ex- uh explicitly talked about this but i remember thinking in my head going all right the music video category is going to be tough yeah. i i don't i don't say I mean, we're going up against you know someone like i think uh, bia for example who won with the london i mean she, that that, got, that yeah she got like label funding yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, we can't compete with that yeah. type of funding yeah but i was like you know what he could have a chance at singer songwriter and i know that like sometimes with these things they can get you know political at times and oh, sometimes you have to sure. get nominated I mean, even someone like john glass had to get nominated for years yeah. and years and years <laughs> but yeah. before like he even really one which was this past year and he probably deserved to win years before yeah now so like i think that you know and again that's obviously that's obviously subjective but uh, just in my opinion but i think for for him i think we had realized like okay like this is a great honor to be nominated that we're being or that he's being recognized for what he's he's been doing and i'd only jumped on for about six months at the time before Mm -hmm. he got nominated so really i really hadn't been working i mean i've been working with him for a long time but not like as his legitimate manager so i think for me it was really cool i didn't think we any of us really expected it but but there's a cool video. Maybe I'll I'll, I'll put it Best in this. Best clip I've ever seen, dude. It's you, it, you go nuts. <laughs> it's like the, it's like an, it's like I'm talking all time top two, and it's not two Mike Scarfo clip. Like, and the winner is. Wow! 
He's like going crazy. What? He's like, he's hugging you. His mom's next to him. He's not even hugging his mom first. He's hugging you. It's so funny. Yeah, it was, like, dude. It was what I, I like. I think we, we initially just like were stunned of like how it was awesome, dude. crazy and it's it like was. like on the big screen at Big Night. Yeah, like yeah. We up, had man. no idea. And then when it, when it happened, I think we both, like he was, he's, you can see his face. He's just shocked. He's yeah. just like, what the fuck? And I'm going nuts. Yeah, you're his going sisters crazy. are going crazy. Yeah. Like everybody's just like, this is like surreal. Cool and like, I think for like the, like probably 30 minutes to 45 minutes after that we were just like it was a, a euphoric feeling like oh, dude, the, just that's to insane. just like, to witness that for him and to know how hard he's worked oh. and like you know you you can probably attest this with the, with the artists you work with when you get when you hit those milestones or you get mm. those successes and like you see someone that you really care about dude. and that you believe in it's crazy succeed at something that they've worked so hard for. And that's, that's why I like, that's part of the reason why I love being a teacher. Like it's that's, inspiring. it's, it's, it's hard. Yeah. It's a hard job in a lot of ways. And like, there are tough days, but like those days were like, you know, I have a student that really like just connects mm -hmm. or, or something clicks for them and they really succeed at something that maybe they weren't even good at before or yeah. whatever. Like you see that in them. It's just, it's such a good feeling. And like, I, I relate that a lot to like, you know, what I do in just my whole life. And just I, when I, even with my friends, like I love seeing, you know, my friends win and like just for to, to see Mako win in that situation um, and all the hard work he's put in, like it, it was, it was, it was surreal. And it was, and it was funny because it was one of the last awards of the night. Yeah. So we were waiting around for yeah, that. For so like, you're on edge, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. And, like, and then to see people like, you know, deserving that didn't win like mm. Lucas and lazy mm. and different people that, you know, so I was just like, all right, you know, I didn't think we had, you know, again, I'm not saying it's because not knocking his talent. I just yeah. was like, you know, you know, maybe he's not going to get chosen. You're, like, and that's you're like content with understanding like this might not happen tonight. Like, yeah, yeah I know what you're saying. Yeah. 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 And yeah. um, but when it did. It's euphoric, bro. That's really what changed. we were ta just talking yeah. about. Is like those human experiences, like speaking to like the euphoric kind of mm -hmm. out of body experiences, is what I was trying to get at. Yeah. Is like perfect example is like um, I don't know if you've ever seen the Rap Radar with Drake. Like yeah. So when they're sitting down with him, he talks about a little bit in the interview is like be present in your artist moment. Yeah. And what that means is like be present for those like like what you would consider not that this is like a smaller win. It's a it's a huge win, but like. The, you know, the little wins, like getting on an editorial, your first editorial for Spotify, like that's a huge win in some kids' eyes. And like, you know, after you do it for some time, it may not feel the same, but if you're present in those small wins and like you're present in your artist moments for stuff like that, like it's just like those are the stories and the experiences that you can build off of to get to those more tangible, bigger wins. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. So and then even just really off the crucial. humanity perspective, like you were talking about, like regardless of what happens with me and my career and Mako and his career, whether we, you know, continue this relationship for mm -hmm. the rest of our careers or if we ever go, I mean, God forbid ever, you know, go separate ways and whatever. Like, I know that we are always going to have that moment. Exactly, but like, that's a huge as humans, thing. you know what I mean. mean? Just as like someone thing. that I deeply care about as a human being, not it, even just as an artist. It connects like, you guys forever. We're friends, yeah, and that's the cool part about it because I know you you were saying too, like you know you want to get along with the people you work with. Yeah, like, like I consider Mako a really close friend these days. You know what exactly. I mean? He's, he really is. We've been we've been friends for a long time, and now I know I think we're closer now than we ever have been, and like. I'll always see him as a friend first. And that oh. like, and that matters more to me. Same with Zafir. Like we've, yeah. been, we've been friends long before I ever managed him. So it's just yeah. like, for me, 
I completely agree with you in the sense of like the humanity perspective is so important. And like, that's kind of our job, right? Is to kind of foster and and get, and get the right things out of these human beings as as much as we can. Because artists, I feel like, again, I, I can easily see this happening if I was an artist where like they get in their own heads and they sometimes like second guess. And it's like, how can you not? It's a a comparative industry. You know what I mean? You're comparing yourself to X, Y, and Z. You know what I mean? And then you got friends in the industry who are doing maybe a little bit better things than you were like perfect example. I have a lot of men mentors in the industry that like are significantly like way more successful than me in terms of like what you would garner success is like the yeah. buzz people know who they are financially yeah, like you know what i yeah. mean and like it's hard to not even as a manager dude it's hard to not be like shit like am i allowed to swear on this no yeah absolutely oh, right. absolutely you're good you're i'm like good. i'm like shit dude like it's it's ass because you're like oh my goodness like this kid's 20 steps ahead of me in every aspect but then you realize i've only been doing it for two years this kid's been in the industry for 10 right. even if it seems like he's only been in it for a year he's realistically been doing it for 10 so it's oh, like of course so it's course. like it's one of those things where you have to stay grounded and you have to realize the race is you versus you because yep, it's if it's because it, once you step out of that lane and you step out of the you versus you you start to like lose in the sense of like the mental game of the industry mm-hmm. i think the mental game of the industry is almost as crucial as like you know everything else and just it's so present. true like, i completely you know. agree i think that that's a, a really well said thing and like yeah i just like i think part of it is just yeah again like fostering those relationships mm-hmm. and making sure like yeah that like we are somebody that they can go to that they trust to sure. to help them you know just make the right moves and even if you know again if not everything works out because it's not going to but like yeah. at least you're 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 actively you know together working towards like a, a similar or oh. some similar goals in mind and it's and again like you said it's it's great to watch the people that you care about and that you're working with succeed. And I think that that's oh, like sure. what, what is great for, you know, what we do. But, um, yeah, I definitely want to get into more about, uh, you know, obviously Atherlace and everything that you're doing, working with diff- different artists. So, uh, this is the main lesson. This is the segment of the show where we, you know, we get into the, the meat of it and we really <laughs> in, into what you're doing now. And, um, so yeah, like I know Atherlease originally was more of like a graphic design company, right? At yeah, first, if it, it like, was... going more towards like your initial background yeah. and then you flipped it to the music. So I guess kind of give me the, you don't have to give me the whole you know timeline, but mm. g- give me, give me sort of like the spark notes version of just like, you know, the, the, the pivot from being a graphic design uh, company to then obviously what you're doing now with the indie music label because I know you like you said you had done a lot of like album rollouts and yeah. um, artwork you even you did one for Michael Christmas right if I'm not yep. mistaken like yep. back in the day so like mm-hmm. yeah where was that shift for you and you're just like all right I gotta like make this an indie label so it was kind of one of these things where I had always been when I was younger too like always wanted to start a business wanted to do something so I found graphic design like I thought I was gonna go to college like like I said I was an athlete like baseball hockey kid like thought I was gonna go to college get the marketing degree like and just be business something right like that's like how 90% of athletes I feel like like kind of take towards that path and I thought I was heading towards that and when I was 15 years old like believe it or not this is a true story I was like you know you're just scrolling YouTube aimlessly at night yeah and I was like Adobe Photoshop tutorial to make like a sports banner or something. I'm like, I got nothing else going on. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's 3 a.m. I got to be up in three hours. But so I was like, just watched it and like something about it, like just spoke to me, like just the, the interest in how like you could make things look cool and just stuff like that. So I started watching more and more tutorials. Then I started like researching. This is a viable career. And not only is it viable, it's booming because this sure. was at the time, this was probably like I was 15. So I was probably like, it was probably like 2015, 2016, where like, Graphic design is so crucial. Design in general, like, is so crucial right. now. Like, every company needs it. So I was like, this could be something I want to actually pursue. Taught myself, self-taught. Like, downloaded all the Adobe programs. Like, originally cracked. 
hopefully I don't get sued by doing <laughs> but <laughs> but uh originally cracked all the programs and like was like just kind of like opening the program every day like I said I'm one of those guys who's like if I'm in something got to be in it 100% like opening the programs every day working self-taught 16 years old um started what originally was after lace was like a multi-hyphenate design studio we did like motion design graphic design like we even had like videographers and stuff and we were doing like a bunch of different projects. We'd be doing like web design and development to like illustrations for clothing brands or, you know, brand identities for small startup companies. And so then it was probably when around the time I met Seth that um, I was just kind of like working a lot in the music scene. I was working with a lot of artists and like I was kind of like getting the inside of what it's like to work in the music industry. And I was at that shift where like I had been working and also the YouTube side of design for a really long time, like a, a few of like these YouTube channels that were like really, really big in like the gaming space and entertainment spaces. I was working a lot behind the scenes with them as a designer. So it was almost like like the entertainment, like YouTube side vine kind of like thing, like in TikTok now, like kind of coincide with music. They're kind of like overlapping in, in a lot of ways. And a lot of those guys hang out too. Like, you sure. know what I mean? The famous YouTube guys are always with rappers and whatever. And like, so I was already deep into the music side on one side and then the entertainment side. I was like, they're kind of crisscrossed already and met Seth. And that's kind of what happened was like, I'm going to stop doing the design stuff as like a company. Cause I was like, I can just do this nine to five. Like when I get out of college, like, mm -hmm. and then be able to fund certain stuff. And then that's when I started as originally like a record label, but you know, that's what I would consider. It was an indie record label at the time. And then I transitioned it recently within the last year, probably to like, it's just a management firm now. Gotcha. Like we work with artists and like, I do the distribution and I get people distribution and stuff like that. Yep. But I started to kind of fall back on the label kind of title of it, just because I think that where I really want to be is the management side of things. Understood. Like, like my, my inspirations are people like brands like Maverick or like, you know what I mean? Those talent agencies that are like, extremely for the artist first and like are creating waves and stuff like that so it's like more of a management firm now um i don't even know if i've really even spoke up about that i think that might be the no, first there you go yeah, yeah. Might be here's, here's, here's a turn like, here's a turntable yeah, teachers exclusive because yeah. like, <laughs> we do like it, it's like label is such a weird term nowadays i feel like right label right. just literally insinuates that like you either are a bank and have money to fund projects or you do artist services that's what it is you know what i mean and right so i do artist services but it just all depends on the level of of you know where the artist is at because sure. like for someone like Dev, where we have like, you know, backing and funding and stuff like that, like he doesn't need my artist services as much as like an artist that might not have the, you know, kind of like exposedness to like resources like that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So 100%. it's one of those things where it's all give and take in certain situational things. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to definitely hear more about where you're at now with it. Um, but first I got to pause you real quick because okay. it's time for a pop quiz oh listen so here we go <laughs> student you know <laughs> so this this segment of the show is pretty simple i'm going to ask you just a series of rapid fire questions you're going to okay. answer them to the best of your ability okay. um there's going to be quite a range um if you're surprised by one you need to take a few minutes to to think about it don't worry about it they get they get you know progressively a little more interesting as they go like so that. all right um obviously you're a big sports guy um as we You've, you've alluded to and as <laughs> i actually know what's your best memory as a nahant oriole oh my goodness i don't even know how you know that you're like you give me like nardwar vibes right now that's crazy <laughs> but we won when we, we were 12 years old i so i grew up in lynn moved to nahant when i was 12 so i was like last year little league it was there we ended up actually winning the what you would consider the little league championship which you would think at the end of the day is like the biggest thing in the world we're 12. <laughs> yeah, like, you're course. like i just won the world series dude like i'm going straight to the mlb like i'm like 
David Ortiz might be at my house, like look at, like with a contract tomorrow. Like I was like, and like, so that was probably my best, my best memory for sure. And then like, I'll never forget, like I showed up and I was like the Lynn kid that was new in town. Cause now it's very like small secluded, mm-hmm. like a lot of like mm-hmm. rich older people. And like, I was the Lynn kid. I always had kind of an edge and I hit a home run in my first scrimmage. And I remember like, I'm like round in third base. This was like common to me, like not common to me that I would hit home runs a lot, but like in Lynn, there was so much talent with baseball and sports. And like, not that there wasn't a hot, but like. I like hit a home run and I get home and some kid was like, this little kid, this is exactly how I say, oh my gosh, you just hit a home run, dude. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like yeah, dude, like, is it not common around here? Like, I don't know. It was so cool. They were, they were something different in the water over <laughs> yeah, in the no, exactly. People weren't hitting home yeah, runs yeah. that way. And then like, but that was before we crossed with like Swamp Scott and then you got so much talent in Swamp Scott. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Like just crazy, but it was so funny. That's, yeah, that, I can't believe you knew that. That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what, uh, what, what position did you play? So when I was younger, I played first base okay. and then as I got older, I had the Best position in junior year high school ever. I was DH. There is nothing better than just hitting, dude. <laughs> there is nothing say. better than going out there, taking infield and outfield, and then you're like, I'm cooking, boy. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm in the dugout, just hitting, dude. Like I was so sick. And then my uh, senior year, I ended up playing outfield because we needed like outfielders. So I was just like, I'll just get out there. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love yeah. it. Good shit, man. Um, uh, as a huge Boston sports fan, um, in your opinion, um rank your favorite from will you go from the major four sports uh teams around here rank okay. rank like biggest fan to like least favorite fan okay. uh, or least fan of of the four go ahead oh rank, the rank ships up. definitely bruins number one bruins always number gonna one. be a hockey guy through and through like my family is such a hockey family my brother plays college hockey right now so bruins it's oh, this is so tough because it switched recently celtics now I was not a basketball guy at all. Okay. I was like that kid in basketball, like when I was in middle school, that like thought he could shoot corner threes and like the ball would end up in the stands. Like I was like, I thought I was like, I literally thought I was Marcus Smart, bro. Like it was crazy. And like, this is a true. I'm not. I'm sorry. I know I love to talk so much. This is a true story. No, you're good. This is basketball. Awesome. Middle school basketball, dude. And like. I thought I was so cool. I dribbled the ball through my legs once when I was in. I went to shoot a three. Some kid punched the ball. And I told the story last night at the bar. I some kid punched the ball into the stands. Like, that's how bad, like, and so my coach calls me over, he calls a timeout, and he just goes, what are you doing? <laughs> like, and I, like, in my head, I go, this sport ain't for me. Like, and then I go, like, the coach goes, what are you doing? I go, I don't know. And he goes, <laughs> and he, goes he goes, take a seat. <laughs> So that was a humbling moment for me to realize that basketball might not be in my future. But, well, it's so funny you, know. you said that. You being a big baseball guy, not a yes. big basketball guy. I'm the exact opposite. So oh, I really? was a huge basketball guy. still am. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I, yeah. I coached yeah, till up the until this year. Um, yeah. Won a state championship in high school. Yeah. Tried to play a little well, you college Danvers, basketball. Right? You were on that team? Okay. Yeah, I was, yeah, on, I was one of those Danvers teams. Yeah, yeah, I was actually on the first state title they team. They were nasty. Yeah. You guys were nasty. Yeah, we were yeah. pretty solid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, growing up, man, that was my that was my sport. I was a great, actually, so that my, my, biggest, my best attribute, anyone would, would tell you that knows me as a player, like I'm a like really good three-point shooter. Like That's I get, so I get, funny. I get dude, a like, lot of like comparisons of like, you know, I'm the pickup clay type guy. No where, way, yeah, really? Yeah, That's just, so tight. I run off screens and kind of just jack and like they go in. It's just, just I mean, cash. You know, I'm very streaky though. So if like I've hit a few in a row, like that's no kind of it. You, yeah. But if I've missed a few, then like kind of get my own head type deal. Even yeah. even now to this day, like for yeah. example, in my first men's league game that I'm just <laughs> in right now, like I only had like six points. I played like fucking shit. And then last night or two nights ago, I just had 39. So it's just like, yeah, I, I am, just, I am Jekyll and Hyde when it yeah. comes to that. Yeah. But, so, um, believe it or not, yeah. I'll, hold on. I'll answer the rest of the question first and then we'll kind of like divert into that. Cause like <laughs> I have, no, I have like a weird like take in basketball now. Um, So Celtics, then Patriots and then Red Sox. And I, I hate saying that cause I'm a baseball guy through and through and, you know, but at the end of the day like the sport itself is like 
it's at a weird place right now. Yeah, they're they're, they're, they're trying to, to fix it like, a little I bit. I think it's such an old fashioned game, man. And listen, I'm a guy of tradition. I love the old fashionedness of certain things, but also like not to the point where you're almost like harming the game. Sure. You know what I'm trying to no, say? I where do, it's almost I do. like everything evolves eventually. You gotta like, and you they're got, trying to do it now, but with the pitch counter know. and things yeah, like, like that. Yeah, like they're trying to, and but, like I don't know how I feel about all that stuff yet, but. They're trying. So I hear you. As long as the efforts there, but yeah, uh, yeah, you got those four. So that, well, I was yeah, going to say but, off of the story you were saying about the shitty so, basketball. Like for me, with baseball, I was the kid that they would stick in right field in little they league. Were, in I know little exactly league. what you're talking about. There yeah. were two lefties in the entire league. One was on my team, so I was fucking straight up picking daisies out there. <laughs> and then I was also the kid where we had 13 kids in the team, and I batted 13th. Yeah. And I was the kid that when I'd make just contact with it, like foul ball, people would be like, "Good job, Mike." Blah blah. blah <laughs> to the point where it was like. I was eight. I was like in Little League. I think I was in the minors at that point. I only had, I think I only had one hit the whole year. It was one of the last games of the season. I'll forget this. I, I foul tipped it three times in a row and then struck out. And my and my coach was just like, you know, he patted me on so the head. Happy. And just, yeah, I was so happy for him. And I'm still going, thinking to myself, it's the exact same as you. That's why I can relate to that story. I'm like, this point ain't for me. Yeah. It's just, yeah. nope, that's dude, it. I'm I done. used to think, like, I, like when I first saw was at trials, I was like, dude, I'm getting buckets this year. I, I was terrible, dude. Like, it was like borderline criminal to watch what I'd be doing out there. Like, little stubby Italian kid out there trying to get buckets. I was like, dude. Like I was saying for me, dog. Like, but um, I, anyway. I was with I was with somebody last night. This girl, um, one of my closest friends, Melissia Gray. She's the all time lead. She's from Peabody. Do you know who she is, Melissa Gray? I don't. Family. I, no, I'm not. Um, I'm not familiar. Dude, she's the all time leading scorer at Westfield State. For, no way. For women's dude, she's unbelievable. Like Shit. I, yeah. Like I used to like throw on her games like once in a while, and she would just be going like I'm dropping like 30, 35 points in like Shit. college basketball game, and like and bro, you know, like people would be like oh D three D one D three is extremely competitive. D3, no, I played sport, a little dude. division yeah. three. Like it's it's, it's a competitive. competitive. Yeah, yeah. She, because dude, a lot of the dudes that that don't get uh, scholarships because of like things like academics, they'll, they'll play at Division three for a little while. Yeah, I know so, kids like, at Division three level that could easily play at the Division one level but couldn't cut it for certain reasons, whether it was grades. They, it was like they, yeah. they needed a year or two to get their grades up or like they went the JUCO route because the yep. school wasn't really for them. And, yep. you know, there's people that, like, dude, there's so many people in like professional sports that like didn't go d1 exactly like, you know what i mean like exactly so i yeah but that's so funny because like she's a three-point shooter that's why i brought that up like, she just gets buckets dude. she, like, just, she just tosses breeze. it up from anywhere and it like lands in the hoop somehow and i'm like that's crazy because i like yeah. the concept to me is so foreign because I'm, like, I'm like dude <laughs> it's I shoot not it. anything yeah i with. shoot it it's like have you ever seen that movie i think it's like along came Polly or I did, um, yeah yeah I, I have know, seen, something yeah. about Mary. it's one of those two where uh the actor he's like the, the basketball scene he's like let it rain and he shoots it <laughs> and like the they pan to the backboard and it just smokes the backboard and comes off <laughs> that's literally that about. literally yeah. is me bro and he just for five <laughs> minutes it's like a it's like a just a montage of him like screaming like rain dance and like just missing <laughs> like yeah that's exactly what I used to think of. that's what I was like I was like I would be like in my head I'm like buckets and then like <laughs> literally it would end up out of bounds like it's so bad I love it you yeah. saw I just know. Yeah, well, yeah. you use a lefty. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm actually, I noticed that. This is a weird story, but I'm ambidextrous. Oh, are you really? I could throw a baseball both ways and do. I really? can't, like in little league. Like my coach would let me. Like so, my thing in little league, I was like, I threw from what you would consider like at the time hard, like in little league. But I was wild, dog. Like yeah. I would hit, bro. I I hit some kid in the head when I was ten oh, and shit. broke his helmet, and I was like. Maybe I should stop pitching. Like I like, actually like was, but my coach where I'm going with this is like would let me toss righty too because I actually uh-huh. do righty. Yeah, interesting. It is right. weird. Yeah, that is weird. Is really weird. cool. Yeah, I, I'm into that. Um, and obviously, since being a big Bruins guy, mm-hmm. like you know, they made all these moves. Like, how do you feel? Like on a scale of one to like hundred, you know, one zero percent to one hundred percent. Like, how confident are you in them taking it home this year? Hundred percent. That's not even not even like 
a remote. Like, that's just a Boston in me is like, yeah, yeah taking it home. Been taking home. But um, I actually like hold partial season tickets. Like, it's not really me. It's my dad. Like, has like uh, a best friend who he was business partners with for a really long sure. time. This guy, Angelo Slustri. We've gone to tickets, uh, gone to games for years and years and years in these incredible seats. They're like fourth row, like just two of them. But like, we, so he would just got to the point where he was like getting so many tickets and buying them. He's like, why don't we just go in on like half seats? Yeah. He doesn't go to every one of them. Sure. That's what happened. So this year I've uh, like got the experience of like having someone a season ticket. So it's, and, it's and tight. good year to have them for sure. I mean, dude, like yeah. I didn't even realize how expensive the tickets were now. Oh, like, they're, yeah, they're, my they're buddy crazy. Pete was like, hit me up last two weekends ago and he's like, Hey, like I'm trying to go to, like I forget what game. it might have been Patrick Kane's first New York Rangers oh, game, then, yeah, and he was yeah. like, "Yo, I'm trying to go." I'm like, "But he's like, but the seats are pretty expensive." I go, "Buddy, like I I don't have to get the ones in the fort. Like you know what I mean? I don't make if I'm taking somebody to the game in those seats, I never make them pay because like yeah. that, like, you know what I mean? Like yeah, of course. And they're also already paid for, and I'm not like you know what I mean. So yeah. it's like, but he was like, "Dude, well, I was like, dude, we'll just sit in the nosebleeds. Like they'll be like eighty bucks." And he's like, "Dude, the the balcony seats are going for two hundred and twenty a piece, like in the nose nosebleeds, like the sure, top. yeah." And also, I'm a big balcony guy. I think the balcony is some of the best. It's underrated, house, man. man. Oh, because it's so it's, underrated. And I will say, especially in the culture up there, it's phenomenal, especially dude. for hockey, because oh. I think because the rink's obviously a little bit bigger. Yeah. I feel like even in you're in the balcony, you can still see really, really oh, well. Oh, for, sure. um, for sure. I think the balcony is like some of the best seats in the house, to be yeah, honest with you, yeah. and any sporting event, just because like. You, you get the true fans up there. Oh, 100%. Yeah, You're people yeah, that you are there to actually be there. You know yeah, what I mean? Not exactly. Like the, not just like the, the corporate guys. Yeah, the corporate They're just like, like, you know, yeah, whatever. He's got like, 14 Rolexes on. He just came in from like BDO consulting and he's like, yeah, bro, like these are like no brainers to me. He's saying like $4,000 <laughs> seats. I'm like, I'm like mowing down on popcorn and a soft pretzel. Like lucky, lucky to be there in the fourth row. You know what I mean? Like talking to this guy like, oh, I can't relate to him, dude. He's wearing like a $90,000 watch. But like, you can relate to everybody up, yeah, up top. Exactly, exactly. exactly. I love so, that. No disrespect to BDO. BDO is a great company. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am. I was like I'd say nine. So Celtics are my team. Oh yeah. Um, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And you know I'll, I'll never forget their twenty uh, two thousand and eight uh, uh, championship. I'll always remember that in my mind. But um, I will say like I was close to one hundred percent confident. I'm now Last closer. Year? No, for this year. Oh, like this year, the, this at the year. beginning of this yeah, year, yeah. I'm now closer <clears throat> to like seventy seventy five. I'm not. Don't do I, me I, like I, that, bro. I, 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 I know. I know. Guy. You go, don't, we're I know. Cut that. I know. We're gonna cut that. Cut that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I still. I still have high hopes, but <laughs> they're, they're they're the way they're playing lately. I'm a little little worried but about it. But they gotta be like streaky to some degree. It's the same thing with the Bruins, bro. The Bruins true, were like twenty true. and two at one point, and like I, all I'm thinking is when at this, I'm like, dude, they're gonna be nasty all year. They're gonna get to the playoffs. They're gonna have like a few bad games, and they're gonna be in their head the entire series. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. But at the end of the day, like. You just gotta have faith. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like, and we've been spoiled for so long. So, oh, like, like, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm. You that's know, also this an, is just that's yeah. another thing too. Is yeah. like, <laughs> growing up a Boston sports fan, like, you don't even like really think about what it's like to be a sports fan somewhere else that maybe like hasn't won. Like, you know what I mean? Like, hasn't like won when anything. Cleveland won their first championship with with LeBron, in like when twenty, like, Dude, was it seventeen or something like that? Yeah, it was just like or sixteen, maybe whatever it was. It's just like, oh, okay, you know, this You're is like, like there's like their first kind of like in a long anything. time. Yeah. Anything. Oh, was it anything pe- at all? Well, yeah, I don't think I, Cleveland had won a single. Oh my gosh! Uh, championship in their like f- yeah in their sports that's history. Unbelievable! Well, that's history. Sick. That's sick. Yeah. So shout out to LeBron for doing that. That's pretty gangster. <laughs> but um, like in terms of yeah, for us, I mean, I mean, I've been, I, I, I you know, for all of Brady's, uh, I, I was, I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm, I'm, I'm old enough to remember all of Brady's. All the Red Sox ones, yeah. the three or four that those were, they like almost lose track. And then the one Stanley Cup for the Bru- uh, the Bruins, and then yep. the one championship for the Celtics. So like, yeah. I think I've been you know alive to remember 
uh, old enough to remember what almost a dozen of them dude, something like to that think about which is that crazy. Is crazy dude to think about like even like brady's era alone of like how much he won like how many super bowls he won with the patriots dude like six super bowls dude like, like it's crazy think about that yeah. like not only is he winning six super bowls boston and new england as like a core like fans dude we won six championships that's one sport that's nuts like, yeah yeah crazy. let alone the three that the red sox got exactly. in that same like little time frame yep. and the celtics getting one and the yep. bruins, and getting, the bruins one. getting one what was the bruins like 2011 right it, it was 2011 and that was like when tim thomas like stood that's on my his head. guy that's my guy <laughs> everybody hated the way he played sometimes and he wasn't like orthodox or th- i go that's my guy dude. <laughs> he that stood guy on was, his head that dude, series that guy was punching people like dude i don't know if you remember the, the viral clip of like when they were playing the canucks one of the sedin brothers was like coming across the net and he buried some dude. I was like, this is my goalie. Like I heard he had like a 96% save rate in that series. Dude, his he was like truly that 96.4. Might have been, 4, that might have been one of the best performances like goalie wise ever in the history of playoff it, it, hockey. In, like, in, a, in a series, yeah. like I think there's it's he was no, a no dog. question. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I love it. Uh, I could talk sports with you all day. <laughs> we're gonna move on to we're gonna take a slightly different uh we're gonna go a little little, little uh, detour here. Um how does one overcome the hilariously awful predicament of getting stuck in Orlando, Florida after missing your flight? How do you oh tell me a little bit about that story? Oh my god! And how did you guys get through it? Oh, <laughs> that's so embarrassing, dude. Like as a, as a manager, you never want to have that happen. But so what happened was, <laughs> so to get into it, no, but uh, <laughs> so basically, like we were first of all, we flew Spirit to L.A. Red Eye. I didn't think I was even going to get there. Not a there. good choice. Listen. I'll do it again, but <laughs> crazy experience. Dude. You're in for a thrill ride if you're doing that. Like, I get to the airport. It's like 11. I'll take you through the whole, like, flights, like, of the trip. This is, like, I'm in on Spirit. It's, like, 1.30 in the morning. Like, Seth's not even next to me. Seth's, like, over here. Dev's, like, three rows ahead. I'm by myself. I'm, like, this is a crazy predicament to be in. So we're in the air for, like, four hours. Now we're getting mad turbulence. And, like, I'm, like, in my head, I'm, like, dude, this is a Spirit flight. This thing's basically made of plastic, like... I don't know if I'm getting to Cali. Like, and then like I look out. I was I had a window seat. I look out the window, and I don't know if you've ever been on a Spirit flight. Once, I'll never, dude, I'll never do dude, it again. The wings, they say yes. howdy on the wings. Like it was nighttime, and like they had the flashing lights, like of like the blow. It said howdy on the wing of the plane. I go, this universe telling me I might not get there, bro. I might not get there. Like, so I was like, I'm just like, I finally land, whatever. Get to LAX. It was tight, and like also like everybody plays up Spirit. It's really not that not bad, bad, but yeah, like yeah. yeah, but and so. We're getting, we get to LAX, like, to come back, so we fly into Fort Lauderdale, that's where our, like, layover was to get back into Logan. We're all just beat, dude. Like, yeah. I'm talking, like... That's a long flight We were, ways, yeah, and, like, yeah, and it was just, like, we had done a ton of stuff, like, we had met with a few people, we shot a music video in the desert that took, like, 12 oh, hours. I actually remember. I mean, video, I, yeah, yeah, that's right. Dude, right. we left the hotel, um, this girl, V, picked us up, who was a part of the production crew, shout out V, she's awesome, like picked us up from the the Biltmore Hotel in like downtown Los Angeles and like at 6 a.m. I'm not a morning guy. Okay? <laughs> 6 a.m. So I'm but I'm trying to you're the manager. You're like the big brother in the situation. You're trying to wake everybody up. So we all get in the car. We drive two hours to Amboy, California, Route 66, like that famous. Mm-hmm. Route 60. Yep. So we were there in the middle of the desert. I'm talking I'd never been like in a situation like this where I'm watching cargo trains go by. I'm like, this is sick. Like to me, like I love those type of like experiences and like lasted like eight, 10 hours. I was in the music video, which is crazy if you think about it. Cause I'm just an absolute character. So, like, <laughs> so I'm in it, whatever we do it, we get back to the hotel. We meet up with a few other people in LA. Um, long story short, get back, go to, <laughs> 
go to Florida. We're all just beat, dude. Like, it's everyone's just so tired. We've got no sleep. Like, we're, like, kind of away from our gate, but, like, close enough to where you could hear, like, you know, people in, like, group five boarding now. Sure, sure. Like, we get there. I'm like, dude, like, I think we, dude, I think the plane left. Dev's like, nah. I'm like, dog, I think the plane left. I went over to the gate. Bro. The thing was shot like the like the what do they call those the walkway things? Yeah, um, um, not the term. It's like a word for them. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like the I know what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. That thing was gone. It was nowhere to be found. Oh, the shit. the plane was. This, this is like such a thing that happened to me. The plane's backing out <laughs> of me watching this plane back away. I'm like, we're supposed to be on that flight, my guy. Like, and I turn around, I go. The plane's backing out. We're leaving. Like, we're not getting on the plane. Like, yeah, and, yeah, and they yeah. start freaking out. So we get stuck in the airport for like three hours. And shout out Mama Pinkham. Like, she actually like bought all three of us flights. And oh, we just God. paid her. Oh. And like, we ended up like, flew JetBlue back. So it was pretty, pretty good exchange <laughs> there. But like, but um, shout out Mama Pinkham. She came in like clutch. Like, was just like, boom, boom, boom. Like, she's like something. She, I guess she's like wicked good at finding flights or whatever. So she just like found us three flights. But that was crazy, dude. Like, that was a, <laughs> that was one of those situations where you're like. I'm an actual idiot for like this for, is this could have been very preventable. <laughs> I like do, like how does it was almost like you had to try to have that happen. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like it was so bad. Like uh, you just yeah, it's la- we were, one lapse of judgment. That's we you know. were defeated already. Like as it was, and I just remember looking at Seth, and Seth was like, "This is a fucking joke." Like, <laughs> he was so pissed. Like, and I was like, I was exactly in his mindset. I'm like, dude, fuck this airport. We gotta get home. Like, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Um. All right, so you like grew up in Lynn, transitioned to Nahant. Like, yeah. what was like the best part of moving to Nahant in terms of like, and then like you know finishing off you know your 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 uh, growing up there, um, and then what was like the like maybe the worst part, like a drawback from from that move? I think you know I'm a Lynn guy through and through. My family grew up in Lynn, very well known in Lynn. Um, a lot of my cousins and stuff are very well known in Lynn. Like, I, we have a very athletic family that has done some really good things. Um, so it's like. And I don't mean that as like a brag. That's just like I grew up immer- immersed in the culture in Lynn, and it's such a big part of me to this day. I think you could probably tell just like the chip on my shoulder mentality. <laughs> yeah, and like yeah. we always talk about that with, you know, some of like the EC boys or Everett boys and like Lynn boy. That's like that's just like kind of I grew up. There. No, no. Like I, I taught in Everett for two years. And yeah. like when you're when you're from a, Everett, there's like there's thing. a certain there's like a, there's there's a certain piece of it. Like I don't have that connection to Danvers yeah. in the sense of like I just I don't know. Maybe it was just me, but I didn't feel like it was a place that I. I mean, I, I grew up there. I'm I'm, I'm thankful yeah. for growing up there in, in, in some ways, but I never felt truly connected there. Like, yeah. like, so it's 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 there are certain places like that though, like, just like like a give off an energy where man. you just like, yeah yeah, and you so. and you just feel connected to it in the stories of everybody coming out of the city and you know over the years there's been so many great athletes and so many great sure. you know ta- just talent in general like not even just on the athletic side but academically and you know there's a history there and, and mm-hmm. so anyways like i um like i said i played travel hockey growing up like what you would consider you know AAU basketball yeah, so they call yeah. it select hockey it's yep. the same thing yep. and so I did that I had a lot of friends usually um, and I played AAU baseball so I had a lot of friends from different towns different areas like so we had sold our house in Lynn um, and we were looking to move to Nahant and a few of my best friends had been from Nahant like Skid Jackson Howard and Peter Doyle who two of my best friends to this day like lived in Nahant we had loved the area it was just such a quietish like I'm a city guy though like I love the noise I love the chaos but like the spot we were in was like really homey. It was awesome. And like, so when you transition there, I think the best thing moving there is like, 
yo, just going outside and taking a walk is crazy in that place because it's beautiful, dude. It's such a summer town. It's like a mini Cape Cod. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so it is. So I'm a big walk guy now. Like I used to never be. Like I used to see guys on the street and be like, why is this guy walking? Like I used to think it was weird. <laughs> but then you get out and you do it. You're like this. Like the the dopamine levels that you get from doing that. Just bro, a walk. Dude, it's it's it, 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 it helps. Like I have a buddy of mine who like religiously goes on walks. He dude, loves it. It's unbelievable. Like I I didn't like subscribe to the theory for the longest time, and then I started doing it, and I'm yeah. like. It's like one of those, like, as you come into the, the older years of your life and you're more grateful and the universe stuff, you're just like, dude, the be- like, look at where I am right now. Like, you, you take it for granted when you're around it for so long. And that was, like, definitely one of the best things. It's just being immersed in the culture in the hunt, like, and, like, the, the tightness of how a small town works. And, like, I had I have a lot of really, really good friends, like, in a really good friend group in the hunt. And, like, so it made it a lot more easy to, like, yeah. love being there and love. Sure. It made it easy to leave Lynn in the sense of, like, my transition, it made it easy. You sure. know what I mean? It was yeah. tough to And then it's still away. not far from Lynn anyway. No, exactly. So it's right, yeah, down, right yeah. there. But um, I think then probably what you said, the setback. The yeah, yeah. Setback. What was like, yeah, like some, or the biggest drawback to, to move in. Is it just like not having that like hustle and bustle life like right outside your I window think the type city, deal? The city aspect, I think, is probably like the biggest like drawback from it just because like, <clears throat> excuse me, um, just because like when you get into a place where you, it's not as hectic, it's mm-hmm. not as chaotic, you know, there's a lot of kids not really kind of doing something that you would consider creative. And um, that's like to me is like sometimes or I used to be like this. I'm not like this anymore, but I used to sway up and down level wise of like if I'm around people that are creative or if I'm around people that are in that sphere of things like I'm more leaning towards sure. that. I'm more, my creative juices are flowing. I'm in flow state yeah. kind of more. But if I'm not, I tend to have like I'm, I'm like, you know, not doing the wrong things and like the the grand scheme of like life but doing the wrong things of like not grinding or not doing this when it needs to be done or stuff like that so i get i used to get caught up in waves you know what i mean of that so i think that's probably the biggest drawback is like it's weird because it's like the stillness in it but like there's like a power to that you know what i mean no absolutely like there's a where that can become like you said overpowering to the point where yeah you 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 don't you're not as much of a of a hustling sort of like mindset because i think the city like offers that more so than it comes with the chaos kind of which is why i like to be in the city and just like that's why i'm in boston makes a lot of sense actually yeah Yeah. it does because like well think about it when you're in the city and like everything's so fast-paced and go 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 like that's how you live your lifestyle like and i always talked about we talked about um we talked a little bit about this off camera how like beautiful the space is and how it like gives you the opportunity to like be around like you know certain people and network and do stuff like that and like you know you're like obviously like paying for this like and it's like some it's an investment you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and i've always talked about that as like dude if i could and i know the boston rent prices are crazy but like i was like if i could live in boston I go, my productivity of life would be 20 times more than it is exactly. than it I is anywhere else yeah. because I'm in the, you know what I mean? So I would cough the up. The environment matters. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I was To me, that's like the biggest thing. Like yeah. everything is environment. The way you grew up, who you're around, who you spent, your your circle is your net worth. You know what I mean? Sure. That's a real yeah. thing. Like, it is a real thing. And so being in Boston, I've always told people that. I was like, dude, I would pay $2,400 for a one bedroom apartment because like my productivity and my the way of life that I would live in Boston, like I'd be like, this is like, sure. I'd be a totally different person. You no, know it makes I mean? total so sense. It's an investment on myself as a person. You know what I mean? That's no, I I, that's it. a great, yeah. that's a great answer. Yeah. I, I appreciate that a lot. Um, being from not, well, being from <laughs> that area now, like obviously, you know, living in the hot, the second half of your, of your childhood, um, give me the beach bum starter pack. Like, just like, what do you mean? Like, in terms like, of like, like you're, you're going to the beach, beach day. Like, what are the essentials? What are the like, essentials? Yeah. For people that maybe aren't as like big beach goers <laughs> or, you know, like, like what, What's the beach bum starter pack? This could be an underrated essential that people don't. I'm on the big 
the big wave of like the Stanley Cup thing, but like a Hydro Flask or like a Yeti or something like that, that's a huge essential. Speaker, number one. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. If you don't have a speaker at the beach, you're doing something wrong. Like, so speaker, a Yeti, kind of like that vibe that like you can hold water in. I mean, we're not all drinking water at the beach. Let's be real. But, like, <laughs> but you know what I mean? But like you do have to have some form of that. Um, and then a cooler, definitely. And then also, look at me, bro. I'm a big snacks guy. You know what I mean? I gotta have snacks, guy. So I bring. I what's bring, what's like, the, the snack? Snacks. What's the beach snack of choice? All right, so you gotta hear me out on this. So I got a unique take on this. So I think that you gotta you gotta take it in phases, right? Because you gotta get there early. You gotta get there early. You wanna be have a good spot at the beach because Nahant, very like I said, it's a very beach town. Like there's mm-hmm. a few different beaches, but then when you're from Nahant, dude, nobody goes to Nahant Beach if you're from Nahant. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. It's like where all the people come. To, it's like when you go to Salisbury Beach, dude. Nobody in Salisbury really going to Salisbury Beach. To like the real. Salisbury yeah, beach. they're going to like the private beaches yeah. that are yeah. So, because like in the hot, it's like a small, small area. So like mm-hmm. we're townies, they want to be with the townies. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. So yep. we go to Tudor Beach, which is have you ever been to Tudor Beach where the I wharf have, is? Yeah, yeah. So I Tudor have. Beach is the, is the beach we go to. I I live like I used to live. I don't live there anymore, by the way. I don't no, know I know. Like, I, know oh, I do. Okay, I do know that. Okay, I know you okay. moved. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I used to live literally right behind Kelly Greens. Oh wow! Like my backyard, I'd come through my backyard, and you could cut through the woods. I'd be in the first tee box. Oh shit! Yeah, no which way. is gangster because I'm a golf guy. <laughs> but um, um, shout out Kelly Greens. That place is like just a mess in the best way possible. But, um, <laughs> and like, <clears throat> but uh, so snacks like first early in the morning, you got to have something like something that's not gonna like no dairy dude like that's i'm a big believer in no dairy when you get to the beach bro because it's like no one wants to be eating yogurt in 95 degree weather no no like, no you know what i mean like, yeah so <laughs> you gotta have something like a breakfast burrito or something like that lunch gotta be like a cold cut sandwich dude you have to have like a sub or a cold cut sandwich and then like you're handpicking like chips and like things like that but i'm also a big cheez-its guy shout out cheez-its Ooh, that's my if you want to sponsor shout out cheez-its it's also my girlfriend's favorite snack of all time so it's cheez-its studios brought to you by cheez-its <laughs> That'd be sick. But, I mean, yeah, Jesus. Hey. If you hear this, I mean, we're 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 around. Yeah, we're available. Listen, yeah, um, we'll, turntable teachers looking we'll, for a sponsor. We'll get some breath for that brand over <laughs> sure, bro. But no, yeah, like I I just like that's my rundown for sure. I like it. But the cooler is the most essential, I would say, because gotcha. you gotta have like drinks and everything. Like, but cooler in the speaker, probably definitely. I like too. it. I like yeah. it. I like yeah. it. Very good. Well, and uh, last one. Um, I know you're you're a big reader. It's like uh, what's a book. So I, at the, if I'm going to the beach in the group, I completely agree with you. If I'm going to the beach by myself or just with my girl, mm. always got to have a book. Oh, dude, that's – I wish – I wish – that's – yeah, I wish I said that because that's a huge essential, man. I'm a yeah. big reader now, so yeah. I definitely think that that's – What's, like, one of the best books you've read recently, though? Ever? Like, or, like, like yeah, or not – maybe not ever, but, like, re- re- in, 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 like, in the – yeah, recent, like, what's, like, a book that you're, like, everybody should go read this? And it doesn't have to be, like, a business book. It could be, like, whatever it is, types of books you read, but – Yeah, it's um, a really toss-up right now between The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success by Deepak that Chopra. That, love that If book. you guys haven't read that book, yeah. like, I haven't even finished it all because I'm taking it in phases of, like – there it's it's about like seven laws yes. of like how to approach life and you know the law of like pure potentiality and like it's all about creativity and being in flow state and finding like harmony and balance in life and stuff like that and um i had a few struggles that i went through in my life like just to be like completely transparent that like i felt like kind of like the universe shifted me into that direction of like you know the book kind of fell onto my lap essentially and i like remember reading a few of it and you kind of feel like that euphoric feeling mm. of like holy shit dude this is crazy and then you start practicing the laws and when i say that like that sounds so crazy like like some people like that like they're like he's off the deep end but like no no no, no. like i'm talking I, about I, like, I agree with you i'm a big believer now in like alone time like you just talking about yeah. going to the beach alone man like that's where i do the most work on myself and i truly believe that like that's who you are like through and through to your cores when you are alone like sundays after like if you're going out and partying on the weekend like 
and you're whatever you're like drunk fun or whatever like but it's not about that it's about who you are sunday alone when you wake up and yeah. like so that book really changed my life and just my outlook on life like i i started to empathize with a lot of people i think was a big thing that i noticed man was like I'll go to, I envy the people where I, I was at Starbucks right before this shout out Starbucks. We'll get another, hopefully another brand deal. But like, <laughs> so I was at Starbucks right before this. And like, um, I just think to myself as like, you know, some of the workers in there taking my order are like the, ha- some of the happiest people I've ever from my, from an outside perspective, they're just happy to be living, happy to be like alive. And to me, I'm like, I envy those people. Those are the people I look up to is like, you know, you like, I'm not saying they're not successful in their own right. Success is like to every to garner, like to every like degree degree yeah, is yeah. like different to each person. But like, like they're working a minimum wage job and they're as happy as can be. And they're just happy, happy to be yeah. alive. And to me, I envy those people. Cause I'm like, they got that. They got their shit on lock. Like that's, that's amazing. That's amazing to me. And like, that's where I'm trying to get, you know what mm. I mean? A place of like humbleness and humility and just kind of empathize with other people. Or like a perfect example is like, if, so like say says someone on the road cut me off or something or I cut somebody off by accident he's angry and he's pissed and he's giving me attitude for no reason like instead of being like a hothead like I used to be firing back and like that chip on the shoulder mentality wanting to kind of be yeah. like what's up dude like instead of doing that like started to empathize and think about like I don't know what happened to that guy this week like maybe he like maybe he like lost a family member three months ago and he hasn't been the same emotionally and like yeah. you know what I mean so it's like no, I started to think about these things when I started like reading this book yeah. and like and I also like it's also the content you consume as like uh, as well I feel like we're such in a content consuming era of life that like when you start to shift what you're watching for content like shout out like you know Mike Studd I do so how my barber is like his that's like he's like a huge he's like on his only Steve's and all yeah, that stuff so am I like, yeah. so am I like I really like and I know that's like everybody feels a certain way about him because I get it because of the pop rap like college rap music but if he's you listen cha- to oh, him, he's oh he's so changed yeah. it, but he put me on to a lot of this kind of like spiritualness and like the book itself that's how it fell on my lap I was just oh, watching really? one of his podcasts and he taught you go watch his podcast dude it's all about life it has nothing to do with really music it's right. all about like understanding he's on that like spiritual wave yeah, right now yeah, it feels like yeah, which is great I, I appreciate that I think yeah, it is that's too. That's tight, and that's where I'm. His at music's right getting better because of it. In my opinion, way better. Too. His creative process has changed entirely. Yeah. He literally goes. He'll rent. He's nomadic. He'll rent like a house for three or four months at a time. Sure. Like. And then, like, create a wave. Because yeah, he was like, up in, like, Utah for a little while, too, dude, wasn't he's working he? Like, with, well, he's, like, working with Post Malone a ton. Yeah. Like, they have a song together. I've heard it. Unreleased song, dude. It is by far, like, a hit. Wow, I can imagine. It's a hit, yeah. dude. Like, and like, they just like can't get it released because of the clearances with the label, and obviously there's a stigma around him in the industry, which he knows about. Which is just, but you know, Post Malone get on that. Talk to Mercury and Republic. I don't know what's going on <laughs> over there. You figure that out, but um, yeah, there's just like a wave to that spiritualness to me. Like, and I just like it attracts me to it. You know what I mean? So if yeah. I feel like I'm being attracted to it, and the universe is sending it to my way, it's probably for a reason. You know? No, what I mean? absolutely, dude. It's funny you said that because like when I first read that book, it was after as well. Um, one of the I would say the more more, more difficult mm. moments of my life and I was by myself on a farm this is gonna sound crazy but I was by myself on like a hundred acre farm in um, upper state New York mm-hmm. uh, right up in the Adirondack Mountains and I remember reading that on a porch like with the sunset yep. watching the sunset and just feeling like you said like I like I don't want to I don't want to be corny and be like I was reborn but there was like I I, I would say body. like you feel out of body it was a different perspective I came back with it as and it's yep. a book that I would again I suggest anybody read it it's really quick read if you're gonna just read it in one it's, sitting but you yeah. can also like. You it's can a read book it to go back to exactly. Like it's a book to like annotate, read. Like I'm a big journaler now too. Yeah, like I, yeah. Ought to be completely transparent, I've been kind of off the last three weeks. I haven't been doing it as much, which I, I got to get back on. It's a big. I'm a big it advocate helps. for that. It you helps. journal, yeah. like you don't realize how much it changes you, and then you stop doing it for three months or not three months, three weeks or whatever, and like you're like. 
I feel awful, homeboy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and it's so you don't even realize the, the power and effect it has on your mind. Yeah. And yeah. But that's that out of body. I'm so glad that you had that experience too. Cause I that's did. exactly I how I, I love that book. Yeah. I, yeah. I did the same thing. Yeah. And I think like, again, it's something that, you know, I, you could easily, like you said, go back to and, and, and but depending upon where you're at in your life, you can actually have a different perspective on it. So, Oh, for sure. It, yeah. it hits everybody differently. Like I said, I haven't even finished it, bro. I'm still working on the first law. And like, to be completely honest, like I haven't like read it really like, obviously all the way through, but like in the last like month and like, but like it's stuck. Like the fact that, that I haven't read it in a, the, fa- the fact yeah. that I haven't read it in a month and it's still like, it's sticking in my head of like, I got to get out and spend time in nature. I got to get out mm-hmm. and like, you know what I mean? I got to like do these things. Important. Like, and to me, like taking my dog for a walk around the neighborhood, like in like, just like, there's like so much mental clarity I get, like in just being out yeah, in nature. It and matters. Like, yeah. Man. And being it really alone. Does. And, yeah. We're also just constantly surrounded by noise too. That's like a big thing too, is like nobody takes the time out of their day to sit in silence, bro. And that sounds nuts to people. Like, like that sounds nuts. Like if you were like, yo, have you ever sat in silence for like 20 minutes? They'd be like, what? Like, they'd be crazy. I've been like, doing that more, honestly. Dude, like after how, a long yeah. day of work, right, I actually drive, I drive home in how silence. How beneficial is it? <laughs> I love it. Okay. It so actually, that, re- it actually resets me a little bit. Cause if I had a long day at work, and like again, I'm, ta- I'm constantly talking. I'm yeah. constantly asking questions. Right? Sorry, and, and, and excuse me, answering questions. Yeah. It, and and it gets to a point where like again, some days I want to listen to music or listen to a podcast home. But there's more recently in my as Dude. I get older, it's I would say now it's once a week where I drive home in silence. Dude, it's unbelievable. Like, and I it, actually it and I actually enjoy it. Underrated play, like because like <laughs> think about how do our minds are so programmed to like noise 24 7 radio music podcast here like Videos, even if everything. even if we we're in silence in here there's noise outside there's a, so like finding a place that you can just sit down for 20 minutes and like focus on your breathing and like mm. it really brings you down to this grounded level of like it matters yeah maybe yeah. i'm just in my like spiritual era i don't know what's but like <laughs> no I, man i mean yeah. i'm a huge hiker i love being out in nature i love yoga like yeah. there's like those types of things for me have really been a positive change in my life yeah. and i feel them when i'm not doing them yeah in 100%. a negative way yeah so i I mean, I think that yeah, if anyone takes that away from that, like you don't have to go do yoga and go, you know, hike the, the, it's different the, for the presidentials. Yeah. But like, yeah, like you said, it can just be simple as just taking a walk when you get up in the Literally. morning on a Saturday Literally. or a Sunday and just, it can be a half an hour. It's there, not, a it doesn't have to be. To it. Like, Absolutely. It's like, it could be waking up, making your bed the first thing you do. Yeah. Don't look at your phone for an hour. You journal for an hour. You read for an hour before yeah. looking at your phone. It's your mind. If you really look into the science behind all of it, like there's a lot of like programmed kind of like noise that is always like we're so programmed to wake up what's the first thing we do in our morning snooze our phone and then go on social media that's the or like answer texts or i so i i am such a victim of that like i'm not a victim but like i do it all the time it's no, not a problem same, like same yeah and so like but i've done i've tried before like doing it and you feel infinitely better it's weird yeah. it's so weird to me it to is think about, but, it is yeah but this is an awesome conversation but anyway great job I think you scored pretty much an A on on, on the pop quiz for Thank sure. You. Those are some of the most thorough uh, answers we've had on on pop quiz. So well done, you, you you did great. I tried. Um, again, so now to circle back to athletes because I think that's a, a big part of you know why you came on here. I mean, not mm-hmm. obviously, just, I, we have a, we're having a good conversation, so it's fine. But um, yeah, so I want to bring everybody up to speed on what you, you guys are doing now. Obviously, mm-hmm. you have three artists that are signed, correct? It's yep. Dev Soder, yep. Dylan, and um, and Cronin. Yep. Um, and so talk to me a little bit about each of them and working with them individually. And then, of course, China Blue was um, as a former. Yep. Uh, Super talented guy. Yep. Never take anything away from him. That guy's amazing. Like, yep. 
Yeah, I'll always have good things to say about the people that I work with, like, because at the end of the day, it's an experience. And like, like I said, if I'm liking them as a person, if I'm working with them, I like them as a person. You know sure, what I mean? And sure. that's the most important thing to me. So, exactly. you know, certain things work out, certain things don't. And then like, yeah, but they'll always have a place in my heart. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Everybody I work no. with. So, I have a big yeah. shout out to China yeah. Blue, okay, Seth. Yeah. We, uh, we, we love, I'm shout huge. Shout out to new project, Fox Die. Yes, Fire. yes. That record's crazy. It is a but, great, yeah. great record. You guys are killing it. Yeah. But um, yeah, so <laughs> tell me about Dev and Dylan and Cronin, because they're like, obviously the three you're focusing on more now. And then I know you had, you just, you got a few, uh, new p- uh, people on board with Atherlays helping mm-hmm. you behind the scenes. Yes. So talk to me all, all about those things. Yeah, absolutely. We'll take it in waves. So, uh, with Dev, he's building his debut album right now. That's why people kind of, he's been off kind of the grid. People haven't really yeah. heard from him for in a while. Mako and I were talking like, about that recently. We're like, dude, where's Dev? He's been? off you the know? grid, but. I just heard it actually. For, he sent me like all the demos literally yesterday. I just listened to them on dude, the, my way here. Some of them, they're not like mixed and, and stuff, but dude, some of them have the potential to move. Yeah. Like, did you hear Never Want to Go Home? I did actually. That yeah. the the hook on that dude mm-hmm. with like the the instrumentation yeah. coming, dude. It's great. It, it when it's all it's done really, and really mastered. Good. It, I know it's in very early stages and it's hard to kind of hear like where it's gonna go, but I just know like. This is well, that, be that beat drop almost. Crazy. That, that's in the it's middle like a Montel of it. It's Fish cool. like disruptive. Oh, he's incredible, like, bro. I'm yeah. so glad you brought him up. Oh, dude, Montel's Montel Fish is amazing. That album last year that he put out was unreal. Unbelievable. Oh my What's God. your favorite record on that album? I have such a oh, unique take on God. it. Oh, um, God. I'd what? actually have to go back to the track listing because I don't remember the names off the top mm. of my head, but there was one in particular. Are you talking about a, the one that just dropped, the one before that? Are you talking about Jamie or are you talking about the Jamie. Oh, okay. Talking about Jamie. Okay, okay, okay. Jamie, I think it was the second to last record on there where, like, same similar situation yep. where that beat drops and, the, and, and the, the guitars come in like super heavy. It's like the one song that's like cathartic. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if it's actually the title track. I can't quite remember the name of off the top of my I'm head. I'm not entirely sure. It could be Fall in Love with You like or something that like one, that. That one's amazing too. Yeah, that but, one's a lot more just smooth and yeah. like uh, and somber throughout. There's a song. It's the second. I know it in the track listing. It's the second to last song. I don't remember off the top and of my head. And it's not off and the on my new, phone on me. It's not the it's new. It's on Jamie. Me to look? Yeah, look it up because it's the 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 name of it's going to drive me crazy. Okay. But it's the longest song on in the pro on the project as well by by time wise. Incredible artist. And oh, he's he's Incredible. amazing, dude. Um, that album that he just dropped. Um, I, I didn't like it as much, but it's pretty. I I, I, I know like Montel it. Fish fans like felt, like some of them felt that way. Like my business partner, who we'll get into in a little bit, like is the same way. He loved. He's just obsessed with Jamie and like Jamie. But, was, um, I mean, I just loved the 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 just the um, uh, darling. What's, or, what, so there's Jamie, Last Dance, Fall in Love with You, yep. and I'd Go a Thousand Miles, Enough for You, Talk to Me, Falling Out of Love with You, Destroy Myself Just for You. Oh, he's going through it. Yeah, yeah he was going <laughs> through it. I love Montel. Darling, and then I Can't Love You This Much. It was Darling. It was Darling? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's good. But that new record he put out, dude, was so disruptive. Like when Hotel first dropped and it went viral, dude. Yes. Like I was like. I like that song a lot. That song is crazy. Yeah. But for me, that was the viral, viral one. It's got like 100 million streams already yeah, on yeah, like yeah. Spotify, I think. And to me, the best songs on that on that project were Escape and Altitude. Hmm. Altitude's crazy, yeah. man. Like the, just the, the frequencies of going up and down. And I don't know. There's, he's got unbelievable talent, dude. Yeah. It's crazy. But I can see Dev almost like <clears throat> being on a similar wave in that sense of oh, just like the type of music he's, he's creating right now. I feel like he's in a good, in a good pocket of just like this really um like lush indie rock that's like 
very tone like toned down yeah. but then he can he can definitely get into a little bit more of like the like why well, was saying like that cathartic mm-hmm. feeling yeah. so he he's does it, i think he's got a nice balance so far of what i've heard yeah um, the big sell on him is that he's so versatile that was like right because he can sing he can rap he can play he, music instruments. he can't rap people don't people don't know that like, oh yeah never same rapped. with mako like yeah. mako can rap yeah. like, like say, yeah like the, the, both it's of them like, can rap it's well so weird too. to like say that because nobody knows that like dev actually like used to be like obviously like a soundcloud rapper or something like that back in the day but man that that boy can spit yeah like, it's he can weird. he can like, rap his ass but he's off. like he's one of those kids he like he knows he's like i'm never gonna do it because yeah. like I, he just doesn't want to like right because he's his, so passionate about the indie yeah, stuff that yeah but well, his, um, i'm excited for his debut he's gonna be dude, great it's gonna be crazy man and and it's just like we're taking the proper way to in time to do it like doing it right like doesn't matter if it takes a year to make two years to make like we're building it out like sure. we want to build no. it out if we're going to do the debut album gotta like, do it right want to do it right like yep. like what's going to happen in the two years of like what his monthly listeners will go down thirty thousand. who cares you know what yeah. i mean like it doesn't matter like he's so talented in the grand just, scheme like, of things yeah Absolutely. like it don't matter like but um, and then I, i'm a huge fan of dylan too his stuff <laughs> Thanks, uh he's is this so how it all falls apart is still one of my favorite songs from last year that's not the way that song like moved was crazy dude it's so good great you want to hear you, you want to hear an inside scoop on that song please so that song was super personal to him very 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 personal story to him and he believe it or not i was like obviously as a manager sometimes you like manager requires being n- like nine different jobs you're yeah. a babysitter you're yeah. a marketing genius you're an a and r you're like you're doing nine different things and like so sometimes i have feedback for the music but i'm never the type of guy who's like you have to do x y and z like that's really on the artistry side of things i'm never gonna do that but sure i can be I, I, like me too I, yeah, yeah i could i'm like oh you could build the bridge up a little more like just like little things here and there so i told him i was like yo i really think that you should belt out that second verse like crazy and he's like nah it's perfect and I'm and I'm normally like, okay, like if that's what he wants, that's what he wants. So we drop the song as is, and this is actually a great segue into working with different artists and understanding how to be a manager with different artists. Um, certain people you're very hands on with, and certain people just like they have it on raps. They just need certain holes that you need to fill for them. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And and that's how it is with Dylan. And he just like was like, this song's perfect. I really believe in it the way it is. And we drop it and. First week, it did like pretty good. He had a little bit of TikTok engagement, not, nothing crazy. It was like he, I think the biggest video he had on TikTok for that specific song was like 18,000 views, but the engagement was crazy. So it was like 18,000 views, but he had like 2,000 likes and like 300 comments, which is like, if you do the conversion ratios on that, that's like a lot of Sure. No, that definitely yeah. is a lot of engagement. So it wasn't even like he had a viral like TikTok or whatever. Like it was just like everybody like genuinely felt like they like liked so the, intimate int- with the song. It's right. so, such an it's intimate so song. It's so good. And like then I'll never forget like we were at this that was the first song we ever worked on together believe it or not sure um wow. and uh so we drop it does like okay the first week drop it on a Wednesday all right does like a thousand fifteen hundred which is like I don't know if people know this but if you're like an independent artist dude it is so hard to get like a thousand streams oh the first like, a thousand's key I mean if you can crazy, get that first a thousand yeah. it's awesome yeah so. it's hard to do that too it's people, very hard people, it's a very like underrated thing to do and oh, so 100%. then the week after I get an email late Tuesday night from our people over at Sparta hey, does Dylan have any pictures, like high, higher quality pictures? We try to take the ones from his Spotify, but they're a little too grainy because he's got that grainy feel to him. Yeah, he does. And uh, they were like, I'm like, yeah, like, let me grab a few. I'm like, they're only, they're asking for a reason. They're not just asking for, you know what right, I mean? Right, right. So I'm like, do you mind telling me what this is about? Like, and they're like, yeah, our guy at Audio Salad, I think who like they distribute through or something like, it's like another platform, like a Dash Go or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, they're like, yeah, like they, for a list feature. I don't even know what that, I didn't, at the time, I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck that means. The fuck's that? Like, what is a list feature? You know what I mean? Like, and then um, they're like, oh, like a cover of a Spotify playlist. 
So I knew the night before that he was going to be the cover of Fresh Minds Pop. And I was like freaking the fuck out because it was like 11 <laughs> o'clock at night. And I'm like, this shit updates in like an hour. Like, so um, I ended crazy. up telling, I ended up hitting him up. I was like, dude, they fucking, you're going to be the cover of a Spotify playlist. Like, it's fucking crazy. Like, that was my first ever situation like that. And so, like, with somebody on the cover, like, we've had people hit editorials, but the cover is fucking a whole different thing. So, hits cover Fresh Minds Pop. Fucking crazy. Then lands on the regular Fresh Finds, and believe it or not, never got playlisted on any other editorial after that. And then months after the release, it was doing like, not to give away his numbers, but it was doing like 15 to like 25K a day. Like all organic, algorithmically, and the saves were going up like constantly. So then, like, but it's that song is worth that. And and then the next week, MTV picked it up randomly. I don't know. I don't even know if you remember this. So we didn't even. We still to this day have no idea how like that happened. So because we reached out to Sparta, no one at Sparta could give us an answer. I know you know me. I work a lot on the press side of things too. I was like, I ain't taking credit for this because I know nobody at MTV. Like, so. I'm like, I don't know how it happened and I'm grateful that it did because it was amazing. And, yeah, and yeah. But like, yeah, we were like, I was like on Twitter and like I saw like the real MTV account, not like MTV something, like real MTV. It was like Demi Lovato, Troy Sivan, a few other like four like huge artists. And then it was like Dylan with his like 130 followers on Twitter. Is this how it all falls apart? Oh, sorry about that. But like, is this how it all falls apart? And I'm like, what the? That's insane. Well, it was weird That's as fuck. Insane. Like, and it was awesome. It was such a humbling experience for me because I was just like, Holy shit, like this is MTV. I grew up watching these music videos on fucking channel twenty nine on Comcast. Like, <laughs> so it was fucking crazy to me. And like it was that was I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. It was like I don't know. It was just a really unique experience. And then That's the amazing. song just move moved on its own. You know, yeah. great music really does shine through, man, when you're doing the work and that's just yeah. He's he's of, he's got a good aesthetic. I like his he's like just too man. Yeah, he I like his stuff versatile. a lot, a lot. He, he's like his production too. He produces everything himself. Too, oh, I know. Yeah, which is yeah. Crazy because like I, I can see it. It, it. All it all sounds like like it's coming from him. Yeah, and it's also a thing too where like you don't have to drop thirty songs to triple quadruple your monthly listeners. Like and you guys have a was, really good one. So that this you, is yeah. a great segue into like how I work with different artists is like he taught me I learned a lot working with him of like you don't need to be as hands on with everything and you like just have to trust the artist sometimes and you have to be able to like work in different lights with certain people. Definitely. And definitely. with him, like that was the case and just like we put out only two songs. I say we so he put out only two songs, but like we're a team obviously but like in 2022, when's the last time you've been honest with yourself? And is this how it all falls apart? When's the last time it's about to come up on 500k in less, like in like eight months? Is this how it all falls apart? Is nearing three million in just over a year? Like, and like, it's crazy. not to say that those those numbers really mean nothing in the grand scheme of things. Like, but it quadrupled his monthly listeners. Like, when we started working together, I think he was at like seven, ten thousand monthly listeners. Like, he's been hovering around like he was at like two thirty five before the new song dropped. Wow. So it was just like one of those things where you're like wow like every artist is different man they got yeah. their lane like they can figure it out and there's so many artists out there that we don't even really know that have millions of monthly listeners you exactly know what I mean? so, yeah no, it's so yeah. true it's like yeah. you come up on this artist that you haven't even heard of like and like oh my god they have millions of monthly listeners like how have i not yeah. been tapped where in? have i been where yeah. have i been exactly yeah. and then um and then cronin who's originally uh you swamp know skit. a swamp skit guy yeah. and is now out in seattle and you've been working with him closely so and he just had a um, he had a, obviously a song with Sammy Adams last mm. year, and then he had the, the new one's doing well as uh, too, right? The one he just dropped kind of recently. The remix of it or Dance Again? No, Dance Again. Yeah, right? so That's... he dropped the remix actually two weeks ago of Who Do You Love with uh, a few of the guys. So you know, Big Night Live, obviously. Yes, about yes. That earlier, um, a few of the guys that are in the circuit of the Big Night Live DJ gotcha, scene because gotcha. he, he's like kind of moving in this like 
dance wave of like EDM. Like, right, but, uh, right. But not dance again, man. There's still so much life to push that push that record. It's I think a, so too. It's yeah. a catchy record. It's catchy. Bro. Yeah. Everybody, have, it's like it's funny because like the save rates are like incredibly high for like a song that only has like 25,000 streams. So it's one of those where like, we're just trying to find a way to get it in front of more people. Like, mm. which is just on the content side of things. You just got to be pushing it on TikTok reels and stuff like that. So it's one of those things. It's one of those records that like properly pushed would go. You know what I mean? It's just like so yeah, bouncy. And, it is. And, and, yeah. and I think it's, I think with the warmer weather coming in this area, I feel Very like you're, I think, yeah. I think you're going to get a lot more like traction with it, especially with he's being yeah. somebody that's from around here. So for sure. No, that's For awesome, sure. man. Like, and I said, those are three artists that I think are like, all really have great opportunity to different, really make you different, but different lanes too, which is like, cool which is cool. Me, they can all, know? but they all can definitely make their splashes. I feel like yeah. in their own and have in their own rights, yeah. you know what I it's mean? Awesome. So it's, it's really great to see. Yeah. And then on the management side of things, like you have a, you, a new, uh, a couple of new, uh, people working with you. Indeed. Like talk to me about Indeed. them as well. Indeed. So Lou, uh, who I talked about earlier is one of the behind the scenes guys. He's like my best friend. He's like the most intelligent human I've ever met in my life. Emotionally, musically, just like his, and it's weird too because he's so much younger than me. He's like, he's probably like 21, 22, and I'm like, not so much, but like he's probably 21, I'd say, like yeah. 22. We grew up playing baseball together. Okay. Unbelievable athlete. This kid was an unbelievable athlete. <laughs> he was like 14 playing with my AU team when we were 17. Shit. He's fucking, oh, so he was legit. He's fucking nasty. He was nasty. Like, and um, so shout out Lou, but he's just so intelligent. That I need, he's like, everybody needs that guy that like, has got to be- you need one person in your life that believes in you almost more than you do. Yeah. He's that guy. For he's me. that guy like, for you. He's that fucking guy. I got I got somebody like that myself. I would, yeah, I yep. would I would walk in a room if he was with me no matter who was in the room, I would feel confident doing whatever cuz he's just like one of those guys who lifts me up like sure. and he's an incredible human being and just like a, a such an intelligent guy and so so I, I envy him too in a, the right of like just he's so calm. You know yeah. what I mean? Like just like so so calm like of just like yeah man. It's chill. Like he's like one of those guys. And like, so him, he's like incredible to work with. It's easy to work with. And then the new partner is Dom, Dominic Pastorelli, who is just this unbelievable hustler type. Reminds me like a lot of kind of like myself when I was starting out. Like he actually kind of has more of like a music background. Like he had a corporate um, co-op with like, I was talking to you off camera, but with yeah. Pulse Recording um, and Publishing who have some incredible publishing contracts with like artists like Ecstasy and a few other. They just signed a huge artist recently. I forget who it was, but long story short like i met him through he manages a producer this guy named danny vintage who's now technically under the halfway's umbrella who uh you know dev song wasted with stefan yes he produced the entire oh no shit yeah Yeah. i love that song that's how we met he went he's go he went to northeastern was kind of on the come up in the boston scene and um there's a few when you're in the boston scene and you're kind of like you know it with mako and stuff and you got like some stuff going on like you tend to know a lot of the people in the boston scene because it's such a smaller space absolutely so so like Greg Gaffney and you know a few of the other people in Boston like he had been like in touch with me Seamus Faye like a few you know what I mean like these really kind of like household names in the Boston scene and like that's kind of like how we got our connect and they started working on the record together I heard the record I was like this is crazy like yeah and so we went over to his uh his producer's house in I forget exactly what part of Boston was it was like over by Northeastern it's probably like Mission Hill or something like that and we went over, worked on, we just chopped it up for like eight hours, worked on, yeah. wasted in the studio. And like, I was just like, I really like this kid. Like, he's a fucking awesome go getter, like, uh, great ear for music. He fills a lot of holes in my management side of things that, like, I need, I feel like, and would take in the next step. Like, he is a, the biggest show guy. 
like the biggest show. Like he'll go to underground shows like twice, three times a week. Wow. So he's out there networking. So he's seeing one. he's seeing the lay of the land. Like oh, he's, he's yeah, unbelievable yeah. with it, man. He's unbelievable with it. He's so saucy with just like the show networking. And for those of you who don't know at home, I have epilepsy. So some shows <laughs> I'm not able to go to. I Like I'll be like if my artist is performing and obviously if we're at a big night, like I can be backstage. Like, you know what sure, I mean? Sure, like, you I've, just can't be like I've been at shows yeah. like that where I'm backstage. I just can't yeah. be at, which kind of sucks because it's like, dude, my artist is playing this fucking sick venue and whatever. But like. So he fills that gap for me because I needed that. I needed somebody at the shows networking, grinding. And and also, too, he kind of comes from a different land of music than I typically tend to. I feel like I lean more in like the indie rock, indie yeah. pop side of shit. And like Definitely. he's very like underground hip hop, kind of like digicore. So like Midwest, like um, he loves like Baby Tron and like those guys. And like, gotcha. yeah, he's like got that like cool shit going on. And um, I forget who the like just a few of those artists in those like hyper pop ish kind of digicore, like underground hip hop. Yeah. And like. He loves to like mosh pit and shit like that. Like he's fucking crazy, man. Like his like that's uh, so funny. His Gmail picture, like it, like whenever we like have a Google Meet with like where we're having a strategy meeting or a content meeting with one of our artists or like we're trying to sign somebody, like his Google Meet every time I send him an invite. Ooh, sorry, I keep doing that, but his Google Meet every time he sends an invite, him stage diving at like a Boston band. It's so like you'd think he was like a rapper, like he's not. That's like awesome. it's like yeah, so But it's and, good that you're building a team that has different, I needed another guy. You know what yeah, I mean? You take yeah. that band with to like somebody else that could, you know, really help take it to the next level. It's huge. No, yeah. and, and to build that team. So that's awesome, man. Well, you're doing so many great things with Athelace and I, I really I think you're you guys are really moving in a great direction and it's just been Thank awesome you. to see your growth throughout the years. Um I got time for one more question for you. This right. is the open response. Okay. Um and now typically we do the dream song scenario. Ooh, right. Ooh, now okay. Instead, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna for you. I'm gonna do the dream uh, management uh, scenario. Where, of course, you know Dev, Dylan, and Cronin are, are a big part of what you mm-hmm. do. But if you could manage or or, or uh, you know uh, manage and put three artists on Atherlace, like manifest that three three new artists on Atherlace, even Atherlace, if they're big and signed and stuff yes, like that. Okay, who would it okay. be? One Dijon, you know who Dijon is. I do. Yeah, that guy's super incredible. talented. That that might have been that might have been the best. Again, like people subjective, whatever. But the best indie project I've heard. In, like, yeah, forever. that that shit absolutely. Was there was yeah. not a skip on that record. No, right? that record's great. Um, so him for sure, just because uh, there's something about that music that moves me, dude. And like I said, I come from a place that is more super in the come, same land of Montel Fish too. In, oh, in a lot for of ways. sure, for sure. Yeah. Like I come from a place that like is so opposite of that, like mm-hmm. uppy tempo, pop ish kind of like like not now, but like before. Before. So for me to be so intimate in like love something like that is like special to me you know what i mean like more so, ballad style yeah, like, yeah 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 so all Dijon, right so Dijon. For Sean, um for sure um yeah two more Ooh. all right i'll go a little bit more mainstream with this um i'd love to like have justin bieber bro i know that's such a corny <laughs> ass fucking answer but like i don't know bro something about bieber's tight man he's got a lot of shit going on with like the clothing side of things too and just like being along for his ride i feel like he'd teach me he's a done lot well for himself as of late Oh, I think you could just say teach me a lot of game. The industry blew up so young and he's been through literally every phase. Yeah. Of, so it would be, that's more of like a curve where like I would get like more out of like the management side for myself. So it's a selfish reason, but like obviously he's extremely talented, like yeah. no one takes that away from him. Um, And then the third would probably be like one of the kids that he's kind of like coming up with, which is like a project is Eddie Benjamin. Do you know who Eddie Benjamin is? I don't. Is? That's no, I, I'm you not look, familiar. Look up Eddie Benjamin when you get home, man. Eddie Benjamin. So he did this. I did, I got put on to Eddie Benjamin watching a Justin Bieber documentary and he was like playing guitar 
And I was like, damn, this kid's look is phenomenal. Like the way he dressed, the amount that he would do, he was shredding on the guitar. I'm damn. like, I was like, who is this kid? I thought it was just like someone in the band. And then I found it was like 17, 18 Shit. in the documentary. And then they brought it up like Eddie Benjamin, like other artists. And also like, I don't know if you know this, but like, Justin Bieber like does a lot of shit like that. He's always giving cosigns to. He like, did it with a niece recently, or the last <laughs> yeah. year, and yeah. then his song blew up. Yep, um, dude. Like um, yeah. Dwellers too. He did it with uh, you know Dylan Bourne, like Bourne Indie, like Bourne Creatives. He's got like Jaleel, so, actually. Jaleel Dwellers, um, Kamo, who's like a hyper pop digicore kid. I don't think so. I don't. I'm not you familiar with. Up, like, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Like, I have to do a little deep dive. A really good manager in the music scene, and uh, like obviously, do you know who Jaleel is or no? I don't. You don't know the pop and Jaleel, like Jaleel, mm. yeah. You know that guy, the dude, the no. the huge jack guy. Maybe if like I saw back, him, I don't. You've probably seen clips of him. He's like huge jacked guy that does like backflips off stages at Rolling Loud. I don't think so. You no. look it up. I have he's, to look it up. He's so he's so sick. Like, awesome. but um, but yeah. Um, wait, where were we going with that? I don't even remember where we were going with that. You were just uh, talking about Eddie Benjamin. Oh, Eddie Benjamin. Yeah. So he, I, and then I listened to the first record he put out, and it was called like "Fuck My Friends" or something like that. And I was like, you can hear it when somebody is like, like a musician, not an artist. But a musician, yeah, like, like they can compose. In, yeah, and do yeah, like they all can, the He does like that, that side yeah. of things, and like yeah. I'm like the performing side. Yeah, of things. like yeah, he's yeah. like yeah. like if I saw him live, I'd be like I just wouldn't even have to know. I would just, I mean, I wouldn't even have to see him live. I would just know that he'd be. You would know that he was, live. yeah, oh, exactly, yeah, for sure. dude, for crazy. Sure. Like, that'd be that'd be quite the lineup, man. But dude, yeah, you gotta awesome. get hip to him though. Get, get I will, no, absolutely, please, will do. But no, that's awesome, bro. This has been such a great episode. Like, I'm so excited to have you down here. I'm really glad we did this. It's awesome. Like, I interview a lot of different artists and producers and things like that. But it's great to actually get like. Uh, a manager and someone that's kind of <laughs> yeah. doing on a similar yeah. wave as me. I feel like there was a lot of converse, a great conversation and just obviously naturally uh, the things that came up and uh, I'm, again, I'm, I'm so excited for what you're doing and you know, all the things you got going on with Dev and Dylan and Cronin and, and, and everything else that's going in, uh, in the future. So I'm, I'm really excited for you and, and congratulations on all the success and, and uh, I'm, so I'm much, super man. pumped for you. Um, yeah, you. man, uh, as always, uh, this is the time to plug away. So tell everybody where they can find you, socials, and all, right. all that stuff. Word, word. Also, first off, I just want to give a huge shout out to you for having me here, man. Yeah, this of course. Of incredible. AOAstudios.org. <laughs> but um, I'm just it. like, this is an unbelievable space here. You know, thank you so much for having me. It was long overdue. Um, I'm not even going to plug myself. I'll plug like my mom. Shout out my mom. Shout out my family. <laughs> shout out my friends. Like, I'll do that. I'm not here for PR reasons. I'm here to, you know, chop it up with the homies. So. I appreciate you giving awesome. me the opportunity to do so. Yeah. Shout out my mom and shout out my dad. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that. Well, yeah, yeah. if you're uh, if you're a fan of Tyler and Atherlace or any of the uh, artists on at the Atherlace uh, management side of things and you're just coming on to us for the first time, which would be kind of shocking, but maybe you know you guys aren't familiar and hip, which is fine. Um, you can follow us at Turntable Teachers on Instagram, TikTok. Hit up our website, www.turntableteachers.com. Dot com for that one. Sponsored we by Cheez-Its. <laughs> we hope. <laughs> uh, yeah, for all the latest podcast episodes, uh, blog uh, articles. We also got master classes in full swing right now in that album. So uh, tight, we're definitely, things, are, things, things are going. Things are coming tight, along with that. Yeah. And of course, as always, uh, at AOA Studios, if you are an artist or creative podcaster, whatever it is, even a small business, if you need marketing or recording support, videography, event spaces, we kind of do it all here. Uh, head to our website. You can check out uh, some, you know, some clips and some photos of the space and, you know, the list of services that we offer. Head to AOAstudios.org, which is all that can be linked in the description. Once again, Tyler, thank you so much for coming down here. Thanks this was a lot me, of brother. fun. I appreciate it. I'm Mike. This is Tyler with the Turntable Teachers, and class is officially dismissed. Turn to the